Success Stories, the podcast where outstanding women share their journey to leadership, the personal habits that have helped them succeed, and the projects they're passionate about. Join me, your host, Catherine Robson, as we redefine what success looks like. After years working in finance, Pascal Haley Moray often wondered why the industry repeatedly urged women to contribute more to superannuation to achieve long-term financial security, but never explained where the extra money to do this would come from. As an experienced entrepreneur, marketing guru, and mother of young children, Pascal wanted to stop talking about the problem and find a real solution. The answer is Super Rewards, an ingenious program that seamlessly directs a proportion of your online spending to additional super contributions, but which doesn't cost you as a consumer a cent. Since the platform's recent launch, the response has been spectacular. Pascal, lovely to see you. Congratulations on the success so far of Super Rewards. Thank you. So you've just launched into the market. Can you tell us a bit about what Super Rewards is? Super Awards is an online shopping platform where you earn cash awards for your super. So it's designed for women because women retire with 58% as much super as men, which translates on current trends to about six years of retirement monies that they actually have. But of course, women live another 14 years after that. So, But while we're designed for women, we understand there are many um, sectors of the community who could benefit from Super Awards, including men. And so we're open to any gender. So just so I'm clear, you go shopping yes. at partner merchants. Yes. And when you shop, there's actual money that goes yes. into your superannuation fund. That's exactly right. So when you come to the Super Rewards site, so it's super-rewards.com, you become a Super Rewards customer. Uh, you provide us with your um, your super fund details or your SMSF details. Because it's any super fund? It's compatible with any super fund. Really? Any SMSF. Wow. So think of it like a plug-in, right? Wow. You're, just, you're just plugging this income stream into your super. So is it sort of like if I decided I didn't want my flybys card anymore yes. because it was useless? <laughs> yes. Um, and I said, well, actually, could you turn that into dollars and invest it for my retirement? That's what you've done. Sort of, but the conversion rate's better. So I'm always a little bit sceptical on on the the value of points. And, you know, one thing I do know is that you can't live off points in your retirement. So what uh, Super Awards does um, is it monetizes um, all the unpaid work that, that women do, which is part of the reason, you know, we have the super gap that we do. And it helps cr- effectively create an income stream into your super just through doing what you would do anyway. So, for example, um, you know, in in the world before super awards, I spend $300 every week at Woolies because I have three young hungry children and a hungry husband. (laughs) And um, so just I would go to Woolies to shop, but I don't do that anymore. I come to super awards, click on the Woolies tile, it pushes me off to Woolies and I shop on Woolies as normal, but just that simple act of coming to Super Awards first so that we can track the purchase, that is going to generate, you know, 1.75% or let's call it $5-ish into my super just for doing what I have to do anyway. So is it only on online transactions? It's only on online transactions at this point. 
So is there a vision for a time when I could go into Woolworths and have a full trolley and some of that would go into super? Absolutely. And in fact, we have already built the tech and now it's just a case of finding, you know, now that we've launched, (laughs) we can tick that one off the list. Now it's, we just need to approach retailers, you know, who are willing to to participate in the in-store component. And is it any online merchant or is there certain merchants that currently offer the link to Super Rewards? So we've got 130 retailers on the site. All Australian? All Australian. And they cover the key categories and verticals that our market research with, you know, over 100 women told us they wanted and and they shopped at. So we've got um, clothing, you know, so fashion, beauty, uh, children, travel, uh, pharmacy, household, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we've got some fantastic brand names. Um, you know, given the fact that we are such a new business, you know, operating, and we have the brands of Woolworths, Pet Barn, Booktopia, Booking.com. We're about to integrate eBay. Um, you know, Nourished Life. Um, super buys, any pretty much any brand that you can think of that you would want to shop shop with, we have them on the site. And presumably, as competitors see each other being linked to super awards, oh, and, yes. it, and it being something that hopefully encourages consumer behaviour positively. Yes, actually, there'll come a point when people are approaching you to want to be a link to super awards. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And a few people have asked me, look, would you just have, you know, every retailer under the sun, you know, on the platform? And the short answer for me is no, because I'm a big believer in the user journey and, you know, how it looks and and how the user interacts. And I look, I think if you've got a thousand brands on there, it's going to be paralysis by analysis. So we're keeping a very reasonably curated, um, you know, list. which we're, we're going to keep fresh. So we're, we're going to rotate ro- re- retailers and we're going to, you know, make sure that we're we're adding more categories. Look, ultimately for me, the vision is, is beyond retail. So we've started off with retail because it's kind of the low-hanging fruit in this scenario. Um, we know that women make 79% of household spending decisions. But my vision for Super Awards is that we build the Qantas uh, system or the Qantas point system, but using cash instead of points. So what do I mean by that? I mean, I am and having conversations with utilities companies, for example. I would love to see health insurance on there. I would love to see, you know, car brands on there because could, could you imagine the, the clip <laughs> from purchasing a new car online um, and, and so on. So really the vision is to keep... Adding retailers within retail, yes, but also to add completely new sectors so that you ultimately end up with a an ecosystem which is helping you top up your super. And when you say helping you top up your super, it's, it's probably cl- it's good to point out that consumers are not paying more for this service, are That's they? exactly right. Yeah, so where They're does not. the money come from that goes into your yeah. super if the goods and services are the same as they would be if you bought them direct? Exactly. So there's something called affiliate marketing, right? And affiliate marketing is a, a digital concept whereby, you know, a, a brand pays you for basically sending traffic to their site. So we are, in this context, we are affiliate marketing for superannuation. Um, so I think what a lot of people get really surprised about is the level of commission in the affiliate marketing world. Okay, so um, in affiliate marketing, the commissions range between two and ten percent. 
of the value of the purchase. And we don't really know that's going on as a no. consumer, do we? Like no. we don't really ever have any visibility on that. No visibility. And it's a very different model because it is digital and digital is all still somewhat new. And if you don't operate and, and market in that space every day, you, you're not aware that this is going on. But you don't and, – and it's very different to how we've traditionally thought of retail, you know, bricks and mortar – you know, I, I don't have anyone paying me to go to a bricks and mortar store, but this is what happens online because there are a so many people online, b so many distractions, um, c so many so much choice. Right. So, affiliate marketing is a way of guiding a user down a particular or towards a particular brand. Right. So um, the yeah the commissions are anywhere between two and ten percent. So if I spend I don't a thousand dollars, let's say at, um, uh, you know, Qatar Airways, um, I might get a $20 clip uh, as my commission. If I spend $1,000 at Calvin Klein, who has a commission rate of 10%, I'm getting $100. So there's, you know, there's this, this is why for me and, and certainly for the for the users and, and the feedback that we're getting from our base, it's like this is a no-brainer. Like if why would you leave money on the table? Well, someone's getting that money. Someone, yeah, that's right. So if it's available and it's there, why wouldn't you take advantage? So the challenge with super always seems to be it's a, a long way off until you can sure. access it. Seems kind of complicated and boring. Sure. And everyone seems to be wagging their finger at us saying, you need to put more into super, but sure. there's no more money at the end of the month after you've paid all your bills. That's so right. How do you overcome those challenges with super? Because we're changing the way that the conversation is had. Um, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. And particularly after, you know, the post-Royal Commission, you know, there's there are a lot of, you know, everyday mums and dads who are, frankly, really anti-financial services, really distrustful of the banks and, and so on. So that's part of the beauty of Super Awards is that we're abstracting away all that difficulty and that negativity and the com that complexity and we're saying, hey, let's just, just talk about something that we all know and love, you know, and that is cash back, rewards, loyalty, shopping. And, um, you know, through just doing what you have to do every day, um, you're being rewarded for it and you are generating money into your super. Um, and I just wanted, if I could, um, make a comment on, you know, there's no money left at the end of the month. Um, and that's absolutely true if if you're in the workforce. So, and this is, this sort of comes to the genesis of Super Awards, which is really founded by the work that I do with the Australian Gender Equality Council. So I'm director of communications there. And to be clear, that's a not-for-profit. My, my time is, you know, unpaid. It's a volunteer role. But I was gobsmacked at uh, understanding the shape of the workforce. And, and I'm going to tell you a stat now, which might make you want to hang on to your hat. Take a big, deep breath. And that is as follows. Um, so if we think about, you know, the women of Australia, 6.7 million women are aged 18 to 64, only 24% of those women work full-time. And that compares to 48% of men. 40% of that cohort are not working. 
and of course the balance 36% are working casually part-time in which case you know you're you know not probably not making super contributions so this is really where when I un unpacked this um, and worked with my colleagues at the council it became really a wicked problem okay so we've got 40% of women who aren't in the workforce and yet they're being told that they need to top up their super with these additional monies, <laughs> she says with the, the quote yeah, marks. Quote. How, do they, how do you do that? And how do you, um, you know, show me the mythical money tree because I'm still trying to find it. Um, so, and, and yet I also, at the same time, I was understanding that, you know, there are 1.8 million women in this country who are unpaid carers. So we have this situation where, you know, this great number of women and, and also men, because there are 900,000 unpaid um, male carers in the country, they're doing the work and they're looking after the people, whether it's the generation above, below, sideways, community, who knows, but they're doing the work. They're spending the time, they're doing the shopping, they're keeping the, the cash registers <laughs> ringing and the turnstiles moving, and yet they are unpaid. And of course, when you're unpaid, you're not earning into your super. So this is this is why we are seeing this, you know, tsunami of homeless women. So another shocking stat, so hold on to the table again, is that 40% of single women retire below the poverty line. And as a, as a fraction of the overall population, that's one in six women. We all know six women, you know, of 65 and up, one of them is re actually retiring into poverty. So this this is why effectively we've created super rewards is to help monetize um, all that unpaid work that, that women are doing um, and also give the 40% of women uh, who are not in the workforce and, and the 36% working part-time casually a shot at closing that gender super gap because on the you know policy front, and the corporate change front uh, and the social front, progress is glacial. You say it's a wicked problem and I've heard lots and lots and lots of people talk about the problem. Yes. Super Awards is one of the first programs I've seen that actually takes a fresh perspective and a yes. genuine plan at a tackle, tackling this challenge differently. How did you know for yourself that um, rather than talk about it or be a policy advocate, that you actually wanted to develop a business and to be doing something practical to solve this problem? There was a... So it comes from a, a place of, uh, I guess, both experience and a personal pain point. So I'll talk about the experience first. And that is that in, um, you know, in my career, I have stood in front of rooms full of women and I've talked about the, the super gap. And... Um, you know, I'll say so, you know, and this will be to a room of like 150, 200 women, whatever. Um, and I'll say, now, ladies, how much super do you have? And of course, you know, different ages, people might say 50,000, 100,000, whatever. And then I say, do you know how much super you need? Crickets. Okay. <laughs> Complete silence. And so then I say, okay, well, let's just do some quick maths. You know, if we need uh, 25,000 a year to live on, and that's a pretty budget retirement, but let's say 25,000 and you'll live for about 20 years after you retire, that's half a million dollars. And it's at that point that the women would look at me like they're either about to cry or, or punch me. 
Or just pack up, go home because yeah, it's like, why uh, bother? Exactly. And and that moment always stuck with me because, you know, the, the next part of the conversation would be, well, I, I'm at 100,000. How do I get to 500,000? And I'm stuck. I'm literally stuck by virtue of our the society we live in and, and so on. I can't double my pay overnight. I can't get a second or sometimes third job. And I can't just, you know, get rid of the kids or the elderly parents as, as much as I may want to. Um, so what do I do? What is the solution? And so that that um, those tears stuck with me and those um, that, that look of panic always stuck with me. So that was the education piece or the experience piece. Um, the personal pain point... Um, came from a time last year when I was um, I'd stepped out of the workforce. Uh, my husband's uh, father was terminally ill, uh, and he lived six hours away. So my husband was not at home mm. really, and we have three small children. The youngest was two at this point in time, and I was doing everything, like literally everything. You know, the soccer runs, the shopping, the the this, the that, the coordination, the everything. And also working with the council at the same time. So I was being exposed to all this data around unpaid labour, etc. And I, I was really feeling the load and and the burden of responsibility. And But also recognising that in trying to support my husband and um, his family, his big family... I didn't actually have time for a full-time job because I was doing a full-time job, sorry, a full-time job in paid employment because I was doing a full-time job in unpaid employment just with everything that we were going through. And I had recently downloaded an, an investment type app which had a rewards program attached to it and I started using that. So, you know, if I sh was buying, you know, school I don't know, school shoes or a birthday present, I'd do it via the app. So then I would get a little cash kickback into my everyday like investment account. Anyway, after a few weeks, I found my behavior changed, right? And I I would go to the app or the, or the you know desktop version as my first port of call because for me to then see that $3 or $4 or whatever it was come into my investment account, I felt so much better mentally it's like recognition for the work that you're doing it, absolutely that was it and it was someone a retailer somewhere they didn't know it but they were saying hey pascal i see you and i see the work that you're doing and so i i found that my obviously my mental outlook had improved and i thought wow why don't we do this for women and for super and that was really how Super Awards was born. And then how did you know how to build a technology business from there? So, <laughs> yeah, it's a big leap. It sounds from, really simple, well, doesn't it? Well, and also, yeah. I mean, 12 months down the track. Yeah, we're live. You're live and successful and you've been on national TV a couple of times mm -hmm. in the last 48 hours. So how did you go about building a sustainable business? So my background is in marketing and brand building and PR, in, in financial services. So obviously a lot of skills there. Um, but I also have a lot of digital and tech and e-commerce skills because when I 
was on maternity leave with my first children, I decided that'd be a great time to start a custom jewellery business. <laughs> Which Because um, you're on holidays. Yeah, I know. I, I truly, I have no idea what I was thinking. <laughs> but anyway, I, I no, I can tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking, I need to do something else other than the washing and the nappy changing and something else because I'm just going a little bit crazy. So I had those skill set, that skill set already, um, and that had set me up to be and that experience had set me up to be advisor on some other startups and, and so on. So I was reasonably plugged into the startup world. But to answer your question, you know, had concept, idea, um, took it to a couple of, um, you know, investors that I knew who uh, helped, who basically funded us. Um, so we raised a seed round in January this year. Um, and that puts us, uh, Emily and I, my co-founder and I, in the 3% of women who raise money from venture capital, which is, so it's a it's a fairly well, <laughs> small percentage. I don't know what amount of venture goes to seed, but that very early stage funding is also very hard yes. to um, get funding for. So not only, yes. you know, were you two women co-founders, yes. but you're at fund, fundraising at a stage that's not very well supported in Australia. No. No, absolutely not. So, but they were investors who who get the bigger picture, and and from an investment thesis perspective on their part, they ask themselves, does this matter? And the answer is, when, when it's applying to fifty one percent of the population, the answer is yes. Um, so we raised our, our round, or we closed our round in in January, and then we launched um, Super Awards nine months later. Spent the money well and yes. have built a team and yes yeah. So what have been the biggest challenges over the journey so far? Not the brands, and and I'm delighted to say that only one brand has turned us down. Has it been hard to get meetings, or is that given your background, you know the way to approach a um, cold call? There's I've done so much cold calling and stalking on LinkedIn. It's not funny <laughs> because whilst my yes I had all these skills, but I had no uh, direct contacts into retail. Like it, you know, retail and finance don't usually overlap. So um, there was a lot of leaning on friends or mutual third parties to make intros and, and that kind of thing. So a bit of warm leads rather than just picking up. Yeah, and ringing reception at Woolworths head office. There were a lot of warnings, but there was also a heck of a lot of just messaging on LinkedIn. And so I'm delighted to say that pretty much all of the brands said yes, this is a fantastic idea, because for the increasingly brands understand that they need to stand, they need to stand for something, and there needs to be uh, resonance uh, and authenticity behind what they do. Um, so that was that was not the hard part. What was the hard part? Yeah, the hard part uh, is actually quite well. A, it was um, you know there were some uh, competitors who have been actively trying to take us down, and actively calling our the brands that we're in partnership with, and you know just you know sledging and what have you. Uh, so that's been that's bit that's hard for us to control. But you know, luckily we've we've seemed to have come through the other side unscathed. Um, what we've discovered actually uh, is op- actually an operational challenge, and he- here's what I mean. Um, so if if you're in the workforce, you have your super paid by your employer, 
and your employer it probably goes through someone like Click Super, which is a super clearinghouse, because you know if there's a hundred com- you know employees in a firm, they all have a hundred different super funds and Someone's internal not HR. A check every month. That's exactly right. They, they don't yeah. want to be dealing with all this yeah. admin, so they go to a super clearinghouse like like Click Super, who you know facilitates that process for them. What happens when you're not in the workforce? Yes, that's right. So so there's no. Click pipes super for the there's almost. no pipes yeah yeah there's no click super for the those not in the workforce and there is even we discovered no centralized database of all the super fund payment details or VPay de- details there's nothing you can't just like look it up and go this no is where it needs to be sent to no so the no one has it it doesn't exist. Because no one's had to think about this before. There's another business opportunity oh. for you on the side. <laughs> oh, I know, Catherine. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, working on that one. <laughs> no. So it was actually more the operations and the mechanics because everybody literally, the, the ATO sat there scratching their heads. Um, everyone you can think of sat there and scratched their heads and said, oh, we, we actually don't know where that information come. We don't know. It doesn't exist. So inadvertently, in addition to building, um, you know, a cash cash back for super platform, we have also also built inadvertently a clearinghouse <laughs> for, for super payments for those not in the workforce. Is it globally scalable? Do you think? Absolutely. So presumably anywhere that has a retirement system, yes, you could roll this out. Absolutely. And obviously the so fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, there is a, a global gender pension gap. So um, we've already had a, you know some people reaching out from New Zealand going, "Oh my goodness, we need this. Can you get over here?" And the answer is uh, yes, but, but <laughs> we're just trying to work out which, which way we go first. Um, but certainly, and, and where we would target next really are the, um, the countries who have you know a defined a contribution system similar to Australia's. And in terms of um, the other valuable asset of the business that builds up over time, presumably that's the data around how people spend their money. So my understanding of loyalty programs like Flybys is it's all about giving merchants data. Yes. How do you think about the ownership of that data and how do you use it? Yeah, we're pretty protective of it um, because, you know, we have to respect that people, that users of Super Awards are giving us all manner of, of data, right? Their TFN, their super fund details, um, we can see their purchasing history, all that kind of stuff. So th- that is not for sharing. Um, in terms of security, we've had to, we've been through two security audits. We have, we store, um, you know, especially encrypted um, data platforms host on AW, everything's onshore in Australia. Um, and in terms of the the other component of this, we've also had, um, you know, some customers say, oh, well, you know, what what are you doing, like, with, with all the money that the retailers pay you? You know, and it's really it, – it's a bit sad that some people are so suspicious, but, you know, this is financial services. So um, so, and so I'll answer that my own question, <laughs> which is that the, re- the retailers pay into a trust account, which is not – operated by us. We have view-only access um, and that trust account is, uh, you know, um, operated by our our AFSL provider. So we, as Super Awards operates as a car, corporate authorised representative, under an AFSL provider. So it's the AFSL provider who has access 
to their bank account, we have view only so that we can check that you know the monies are going to where they should. Um, we don't make we don't make any interest on the account. It's it's pretty much a holding vehicle so until we disperse the funds. Collecting it before yep. it gets sent out to exactly. the funds. But That's then right. how does um, Super Rewards make money? Make money. So we take a commission. So there's a, a gross commission arrangement between ourselves and um, you know each retailer. We we take a portion of that and then the rest goes through to the to the member. So, so if like Helen Klein pays ten, you take two or three and then yep. the rest goes to the member, something like exactly. that. Exactly. But from a user perspective, there's no fee to join Super Rewards and Literally, what you see on the tile um, is what you get. So if the if you come to Super Rewards and the iconic is saying five percent, five percent of your the value of your transaction is what you will receive into your Super Fund. But the iconic will pay Super Rewards separately, effectively. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of advice you would have for existing entrepreneurs. Um, who want to get to the stage that you're at or people who are deep into a corporate career and would love to be an entrepreneur, what's your advice? Gosh, where to start? I, I, I do need to stress that Super Awards is not my, it's not my first rodeo. <laughs> so, and, and to be honest, that's why we got the investor backing that we did. Because we, you know, we, we've done startup before. We've been burned on various things before. <laughs> and it's those experiences that make you more resilient and you come out the other side and you're like, okay, well, we're not, we're not going to make that mistake again. We're going to do it this, you know, this way this time. In terms of, you know, advice for people out there, I would say scope out your addressable market. You know, so the, when you're dealing with 51% of the population, that's a really big market. And, and it, not only is it a really big market, it's a really big problem because, and to give you context around that, if women had as much super as men, we'd have another $268 billion in the super pool. So it's a big old market, right? I would say, make yeah, so scope out the size of your um, addressable market, make sure you're really robust around that. Um, but the other thing I would say is make sure that whatever your you know, your your entrepreneurial efforts um, are focused on, whether it's, I don't know, a new kind of shoe or chair design or software as a service or whatever it may be, make sure you're really passionate about it because um, you have to stand up and present to customers, to investors, to, you know, partners, etc. And if you're not authentic to your brand, it's just not going to work. And you mentioned mistakes before. Yes. Any that you would highlight that in, in enough detail for someone to think, oh, that's something I better make sure I avoid? When, whenever I have any kind of expenditure, on, particularly on, on marketing, I always make sure that it can be, and this might sound really obvious, or if, if I'm investing in a part, some sort of partnership arrangement or something, I always make sure that whatever I'm deriving in terms of value has multiple application, if that makes sense. So, um, so that your your return on investment from a, because your biggest generally your biggest costs in a startup are well, staff and marketing. So you need to 
get the right stuff. <laughs> and that's not always easy when you're on a you know startup budget. So generally try and find people who've worked with startups before because they, they get it and they, they get the, the pressures and, and the so on. And are you rewarding staff with equity in the business at this stage? About to, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the plan to attract Absolutely. because they'll be sort of part owners of the vision. Exactly, yep. exactly. Yep. Um, so staff, um, but also from a marketing expenditure um, perspective, never do anything just for one partner or just with one purpose. I make sure that we maximize every dollar that we are that we spend so so would that be you're creating some content or you um, getting some PR support that you can use for investors and then also for like state government grants and then also for consumers and exactly yeah okay exactly but I also take that approach with not just marketing expenditure but actually all expenditure so I won't fly to Melbourne for example being Sydney based just for one meeting I'll have four or five meetings in a day and then fly back and it's to, because it, it just leaves you too exposed if that meeting cancels the day before and you've booked your ticket or whatever. But I, so, you know, th- I make sure that we have multiple applications for pretty much everything that we do. And I mean, it's probably shouldn't be a surprise given that you come from a deep marketing pedigree, but I think lots of startups dream about having broad press coverage yes. of their product. Yes. So I think you've been on Channel 7 and, and the Today Show just in yes. the last few days since yes. you launched. Yes. How did you actually go about making that happen? So with my deep marketing pedigree, I I know where to invest, you know, the limited funds available to me from a marketing perspective. And um, I also think about the marketing funnel from a digital perspective. And for those people who may not know what I'm talking about. Um, so, you know, you want to get as many people into the, into the top of your funnel as possible. So um, through a combination of different activities, right? So um, PR, SEO, AdWords, social, blogs, partners, you know, referrals, EDMs, etc. So let, let's say we have, um, you know, 100,000 people in the top of the funnel. They think about it, they, you know, they, they're aware of it and then the funnel narrows, of course, and then you reach, let's say, 20 pe- 20% of that number who have intent to move to the next stage. So 20% of 100,000, uh, 20,000. Um, but then the number, the funnel narrows again and the people who actually take action is a much smaller percentage again. So, um, and by taking action, that could be, well, in our case, it's signing up. And, and starting to shop, but you know this applies. This funnel applies to buying shoes or handbags or whatever online. Um, so the you know our goal, particularly at launch, is just to generate as much awareness and put as many people as we can into the begin into that funnel, right? Um, and the best way of doing that is through PR because you're reaching so many people. Um, for you know, on, and on a cost per you know view or cost of acquisition basis, it comes down to a relatively low number. Now, of course, it only comes down to a relatively low number if you've had good PR. Mm. So there is a larger there is an element of risk, but I was comfortable investing that money in the PR team because a I know them, b I've worked with them before, and c I. Was I was very confident that with our proposition, which is a game changer, and with such broad appeal, where we are not 
limited to a specific fund, but we're compatible with any super fund or SMSF. And, you know, it's a very timely conversation. There's all these, you know, conversations around gender equality and Me Too and, and so on. Um, and, you know, we're seeing increasing coverage every day about, you know, homeless, the tsunami of homeless women and, uh, and so on. And I, I thought, yep, this is how we reach a lot of people really, really quickly. And it's interesting because I think a lot of startups underinvest in marketing and PR. And, and so I think that's really helpful insight that even someone who comes from a professional marketing background yes. will pay yes. a third-party PR representative effectively yes. if they can help connect you to the right sort of communication channels. So yes. that's, that's really interesting. So last question. Yes. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? With Super Awards, I, I really, I'm serious when I want to say, when I say I want to see, you know, insurance companies on there, I want to see utilities on there, I want to see, um, I've actually had a great idea, um, <laughs> maybe for another time. Oh. Um, <laughs> Keep us uh, hanging. Yeah, yeah. For the next episode. I've had a great idea on how to really just turbocharge your super with something that we all do every day, not shopping, and that would just make a phenomenal difference to everybody's super. Um, so uh, that's coming up in our roadmap. But So it's about building out the ecosystem. Um, it's about, you know, delivering on our product road, roadmap. It's about... Um, taking Super Awards internationally. Um, I'm, I'm off in a couple of weeks to New York. Um, Super Awards won a, a FinTech scholarship, which is very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, you know, that, that's going to help us understand what we need to do in order to pave the way to go into the US. So it's about doing all these things, but in a manageable way, because I am a mum with three young children who... I want to spend time with and they want to see me um and it's it's about yeah remembering and and I think this is you asked me earlier what's what have been some of my lessons some of my lessons learned from you know previous experience has been that you have to whether you want to or you like it or not you have to remember to to you know you can't be on all the time and you have to have that balance um, and that your your family and your friends are just as important. And as I find, particularly as I get older, <laughs> that I, I find myself saying, you know what, that email can wait till tomorrow. Five years ago, I wouldn't have said that, but now I do because I, I want to go and watch, you know, Barbie and the new adventures of Barbie and the dream house or whatever it is with, with the little one. Because they won't be around. They wanting won't to watch be around with you. No, forever. exactly. And and you know, sometimes there's actually nothing better than watching you know Barbie in her pink camper van or whatever it's called, <laughs> just to just completely disconnect from thinking about budgets or um, you know the metrics or um, did that partner send out that referral email, whatever, just to completely zone out and just just remember you know, why it is, you know, I, I ultimately I am doing super awards for my, I've got two girls and I've also got a son. And it, so it's about modelling that behaviour for them and showing them that I can be a working mum but not a working mum who is completely obsessed and consumed with everything that she is doing, even though it's for them. But, you know, it's, it's about trying to bring some of that balance. So 
Short answer, Catherine, to your question, um, world domination, but with balance. <laughs> well, look, I can't um, wish you more success because obviously Super Rewards has the potential to really be a game changer and see yeah. billions of extra retirement capital um, be contributed to women's accounts. But I think you're also um, providing real honour and dignity to a lot of the work that women do, yeah. you know, even just sitting next to our kids and spending time with them. And yes. I think, you know, as a community to really value that is an amazing gift. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We're taking a break from success stories, but if you love hearing about high achieving women, I'd recommend the Pitch to Scale podcast, which each week profiles a female entrepreneur or early stage investor. Huge thanks to Buffy Gorilla, who's made success stories possible and who's enormously fun to work with. And thanks so much to all the women who've shared their insights over the years. I feel like my life has been incredibly enriched by their stories and I hope yours have been too. Thank you.